Thank you, Beth. What a great Christmas this is. It even snowed for us last night. I, uh, I have the proof in the cut on my finger as I was scraping the ice off my car before I came here. It's my pleasure uh, to be able to speak to you today on this Christmas Eve. My name is Preston Tippin. I'm the executive pastor here at Northridge Church. And I want to thank you as you are giving right now for your generosity to feed starving children who not only live with less, but a lot of times are born into less. See, this Christmas season, we celebrate a Savior who was born into a family with less. Possibly if he was born into a family today, it would be a family that would be eligible, that would be supported by Feed My Starving Children. See, Jesus' family uh, was a carpenter family. Joseph was a carpenter as trade. And in, in Jewish times, carpenters didn't make a ton of money. Uh, they also weren't real high in the, uh, the ranking, the status uh, of their community. Uh, as a matter of fact, Joseph, if you look at it, wasn't even really Jesus' real dad. I mean, yes, he fulfilled that role here on earth, but at best, Jesus was the adopted son of Joseph. At worst, he was the child born out of wedlock to Joseph and Mary into a Jewish society that saw that as a criminal act. Matter of fact, if we looked at the very first Christmas, it was anything but a merry Christmas. Think about it. We have two young, not even married yet people with an illegitimate child on the way, traveling to a far-off town, arriving there late, having no place to stay, no backup plan, so much so that they are put up in a cave or a stable where the animals Laid And that night, the Son of God was born and laid in a feed trough, a manger, for his first night here on earth. I don't know about you, but I look at that and I go, gosh, that first Christmas, it wasn't so merry. And to top it off, the ruler at that time, a guy named King Herod, or Herod the Great, as he liked to call himself, had found out about this coming Messiah. And he thought to himself, oh no, this guy's not taking my place. And so he issued a law. And this law said that any young male boy under the age of two should just be killed, just wiped off the planet. Matter of fact, that's why when Jesus was just a few days old, Joseph and Mary did not return back to their hometown. They fled to Egypt to try to save the Son of God from King Herod. And you wonder, this King Herod guy, why was he so threatened by a baby? Why was he so worried that he would have all these children killed? Well, see, he knew the prophecy that the prophet Isaiah had given. Matter of fact, we read it in the book of Isaiah, and it says this, On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it. See, King Herod knew like, Many others, that a Messiah was coming to establish a, a throne in a kingdom. The thing was, King Herod didn't want to lose his power. He didn't want to lose his throne. 
He didn't want to give up the good life that he had. And so he thought the only way to do this would be to wipe out any baby that could possibly pose a threat to be the Messiah, the Savior. See, the crazy part is, though, on that first Christmas that was turning out to be anything but Mary, King Herod had it wrong. See, he missed the first part of that prophecy that says, of the increase of his government, the Messiah's government, and of peace, there will be no end. See, God's revolutionary plan that began with the birth of Jesus was never one of force, but was always one of love. Jesus came to earth not to rule like a great king like Herod was, but to model for you and for me a way to govern our own lives in submission to God, the creator, who has the only perfect plan for every single person who ever lived and ever will live. That absolutely includes you this Christmas. When we think about Christmas, we wonder, gosh, if that first Christmas was the bar setter for a Merry Christmas, there's no wonder that no one said Merry Christmas that first Christmas season. But surely, Mary and Joseph, the parents of the Son of God, surely they understood what it was that the first Christmas had to be Mary. But yet when I look at Scripture, especially further on in Luke 2, see Luke 2 tells about the story of Jesus' birth, but later on in Luke 2, we find out when Jesus is 12 years old, him and his parents take a trip to the temple. See, the temple at that time was a place where everyone gathered together for anything special. And Jesus and his parents and some friends made a trip to the temple. It was a couple days' journey from their home at that time. And for a couple days, they celebrated, and then they all gathered up to return home. And after about a day of traveling home, I can imagine Joseph turns to Mary and says, Hey, hey, have you seen Jesus? And Mary does the typical mom thing, um, I thought you had him. And pretty soon, they're running around the caravan going, anyone seen Jesus? Anyone seen Jesus? And all of a sudden, they look at each other and they go, we lost the Son of God. They're thinking they're in trouble. They're obviously guaranteed not to win the Parent of the Year Award. And so they turn around and they go back to the temple and they find Jesus just sitting where they left him. And Jesus looked at him and was like, didn't you know that I would be here in my father's house? See, Jesus was sitting there listening and asking questions of the rabbis. Mary and Joseph, pretty early on in their parenting, had to realize that they needed to yield their plans for their son to God's plan for his son. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're like many of us, you feel lost. Maybe it's been at least a day or more than that since you knew the plans that God had for you, and now you feel lost. You're missing the hope that comes with the bright and undiscovered future that you thought you and your family would be experiencing right now. Maybe, maybe your Christmas isn't very merry 
either. But I'll tell you what. Just like that very first Christmas, when King Herod was trying to kill everybody and Mary and Joseph were worried and Jesus was laying in a feed trough, just like that very first Christmas, how the circumstances did not define it, your circumstances right now do not define your Christmas today. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Christmas is the time that we come together and we celebrate the kickoff of his revolution of hope and of love and of forgiveness. The Mary in your Christmas has entirely to do with where you put your focus. Is your focus here on you? Or is your focus here on him? Christmas is all about our focus. Mary or not depends on where you place yours. See, Jesus came to earth and he lived a perfect life for 33 years. Matter of fact, if you go to the New Testament, the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the New Testament, you can read exactly how Jesus' life played out. And it's recorded there so you and I have an example, a model to follow after. Now, if you follow that model, will, will you turn out exactly like Jesus? Nope. There's only one of him. But I'll tell you what, I sure am glad that I've got a perfect example to model my life after, to emulate my choices, to focus on, to live a life that is full of hope, that is one that is given forgiveness. But like I said, you have a choice this Christmas. You have a choice whether your Christmas is merry or not. And that choice has to be with your focus. Is your focus here or is your focus here? Now you would look and you would say, Pastor, of course, of course my focus is here. Well, if your focus is over there, then I tell you the truth. You need to submit your life and your choices to God. To focus on Jesus means that we would focus on him and allow him to cover our mistakes, cover our sin with his forgiveness. This covering of sin, this offering of forgiveness, the churchy word for that is called salvation. The meaning of that is simply freedom from sin. So if you've been searching for the Mary in your Christmas, I'm going to tell you right now, it is not as elusive as you think. Accepting Jesus as the leader of your life can begin right now. Or maybe you say, I've already begun that. It can be renewed right now. And so if you are seeking the Mary in your Christmas, if you're searching for it, I want to ask you to pray with me here tonight. Now you may say, I, I don't know how to pray. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to join together as an entire body, and we're going to pray together that our focus would be on him and not me. 
And so I'm going to ask you that if this Christmas, if you want this Christmas to be merry, if you want your focus to be on Jesus, I'm going to ask you to just stand up where you are. If you look and you say, you know what, I, I do want my Christmas to be merry. I want my focus to be there. I'm just going to ask you to, to stand right now. It's easy as that. Stand where you are in preparation to put our focus not here, but here. Maybe this is the very first Christmas that you realize that your focus needs to be there and not here because you want the Mary to be in your Christmas. You want to take your self-focus and turn it into a God focus. Maybe you're here tonight and you just need to, to refocus. You would say, I, I've been focused on Jesus for a long time, but I'll tell you what, this Christmas season I've, I've been strained and I've strayed from it. And I would ask you to pray with me tonight. Maybe you're here today and you just want to support those around you and proclaim as a community that Jesus is our focus and the reason for the Mary in our Christmas. I would ask you to pray with me tonight. And so I have a prayer, and they're going to put it on the screen. And, and as I pray a part of it, I would ask that you would, in response, pray the same words. Not with our focus here, but with our focus on Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. Our focus this Merry Christmas Eve. And so let's pray this together. And you can respond after I pray each section. Jesus, I need you. Not as a quick fix or a token helper. But as a leader and model. Of how to live the best life possible. I acknowledge that you are my Savior. And the only one with the power to forgive me of my sins. And I confess tonight that I am sorry for my sin and need you. So tonight, I choose to follow you as you lead me. And focus on your plans rather than mine. I choose to make this Christmas very merry. Because you are transforming me from self-focused to God-focused. Thank you, Jesus, for your unlimited grace and love. Amen. You may be seated. I want to let you know that if you prayed those words, and if they're reflected in your heart and modeled in your life, from this day forward, you are a Christ follower whose sins have been forgiven and whose focus is on the reason that our Christmas is merry from the very first Christmas that was ever celebrated. 
And as a Christ follower, I want to let you know that life was never meant to be done alone, to be lived in isolation. Christianity has always been about community. And so as a part of our Christmas service, we're going to take communion together. Communion is when we remember that Jesus lived and died sacrificially for you and I. See, Jesus' sole focus when he was here on earth was on you. And he's displayed what community was all about when on the last day he was alive, he sat down with his disciples and he shared some bread and some wine with them. And so today, we're going to do that together. We're going to have some staff members in each section up front. And we're going to ask you that one row at a time, if you would stand and exit out your left and then come down front. Um, you can take a, a cup and a piece of bread. You can take it up here because we'll have baskets where you can put the cups back into it. And then return up the right aisle back to your seats. Now, you don't have to be a member of Northridge Church or even come here regularly. We just asked that you will be a follower of Christ and that you take communion with a heart that's submitted to him and focused on him tonight. And so let's pray together before we take communion. Father God, I thank you so much that we can come and we can commune with each other for you. God, I pray that you would continue to transform our focus from self towards you. Lord, that this Christmas would be merry. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross after living a perfect life, after born, being born in a not-so-perfect situation. Lord, we still proclaim that this is a merry Christmas. So Jesus, we open our lives and our hearts to you. Amen.